Uh, man, it just feels like I just saw everybody, right? Was it Wednesday night we're at the baseball game? In case you missed it, in case you missed it, and you didn't see it on social media, we got a picture up here. Bring it up. Man, we had, we had such a great time. I mean, Cameron was having a great time. Were you having a great time, Cameron? Come on, come on. Could have got better, right? Yeah. yeah can, let me, I took a couple pictures of him. Can y'all put it up? Oh! That's right. Oh! We didn't see that coming, huh? All right. You got another picture up there? Oh, we got Justin Grossman. What's up, man? In case you already know, they're, they're, they're undercover fanatics, right? Would you say that? Hey, you know what? Hey, you guys, I give it to the Rangers fan. They won that night. Absolutely, they won. And you know why they won? Because they got their first championship ring. Yeah. The Astros were giving them away for free. Yeah. Do I have any students who won a championship ring? Come on. Here we go. All right, guys. I'd like to share something with you guys. Yesterday, I was able to, to celebrate my 17th year anniversary. It feels like it was just yesterday. Yes, my wife never changed. She, she looks the same. I, I, I don't know what she takes. I need, I need the recipe. But yeah, uh, what a beautiful uh, marriage I have. What a beautiful woman I have inside and out. And I just want to thank her for 17 beautiful years. And I tell this to everybody, when she goes to heaven, the Lord is going to have a couple mansions, a couple boats, uh, a nail salon for her, a hair salon for her, because she had to put up with me. And I know she deserves that, but I, I, I thank her all the time for that. Also want to invite you guys next week to our Back to School Bash. If you guys uh, haven't seen our social media, it's going to be next week. We're going to have food trucks. We're going to do Back to School Prayer. And we're also going to just have a great time and celebrate. And our ministries for elementary and youth are going to be back on. Also, if you guys want to volunteer at one of our ministry, look in your communication card. You'll be able to look up uh, uh, the information. And one way, a first step for you to volunteer one of our ministry is to start, uh, sign up for Starting Point. It's August 20th, right after service. All right, guys. Let's, let me... Uh, Let me pray for us. God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for being our loving and gentle father. You love us so much that you sent your one and only son to die for us. You exalted him in the highest honor and made him king of kings. There will be no other name but yours. Lord, would you let your glory fill this place? Open our minds and hearts to receive your message today. I pray that you speak through me and it will be your words, not mine. We love you so much and can't wait to see what you have in store for us. In Jesus' mighty and holy name, amen. All right, guys. So we're in our series, The Road, and we're going to be in Acts chapter 28 to close out our series today. Um, before I get started, let me just do a quick recap of what, what transpired before chapter 28. Chapter, 20, chapter 1, Jesus is with his disciples, and right before the, he ascends to heaven, he gives the disciples a command on verse 8. Acts of the Apostle 1 through 8. 
Let's read that. But when you receive the power where the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Chapter 2. The Holy Spirit falls on the believers like a flaming tongue, and they were able to, to speak different languages. Peter preaches on Pentecost. After he preaches, 3,000 believed and were baptized. That day, the church was formed. Chapters 3 to 5. You see, the believers perform miracles, baptizing and preaching the good news. Chapters 6 through 8. You see, Stephen was stoned to death. Then the per persecution came to the believers, and they were scattered. They started what the Lord commanded, commanded and was to share the good news through Judea and Samaria. Chapter 9, we see Jesus appear to Saul and is converted into Paul, as we all know him as Apostle Paul. In the chapter 10, Peter gets a vision that salvation is for the Gentiles. Peter goes to the Roman army officer home and shares the good news, and the entire household was saved. Then in chapter 11 through 12, Barnabas and Paul go to Antioch and start a large church. This was the first time that the believers were called Christians. This also was the first time missionaries were sent out. Then chapter 13 to 15, Paul goes on the first mission trip through Asia Minor and Greece. Remember that every time Paul goes into a new city, he goes into the Jewish synagogue to preach the good news to, the first, to Jew first. Then in chapter 15, you see the council at Jerusalem. Here we see the apostles and the elders get together to decide on whether or not Gentile believers had to adapt to Jewish identity and obey the laws of the Torah. A groundbreaking decision was made. They decided that Gentile believers should abstain from eating food offered to idols, from consuming blood or meat of strangled animals, and from sexual immorality. In other words, the membership to be a follower of Jesus is not based on your ethnicity or the Torah observance, but simply on trusting and obeying Jesus. Chapter 16 to 20, Paul goes on his second and third mission trip through Asia Minor and Greece again, boldly preaching the good news, baptizing and performing miracles. Now, chapters 21 through 26 is going to give us the content that is going to lead us into chapter 28. Paul is led by the Holy Spirit to go back to Jerusalem where he started. Paul knew that it was going to be the last time there, and he knew suffering awaited him. But Paul, being obedient to the Lord, continued God's will. After arriving in Jerusalem, Paul goes with four men to complete their purification ceremony. At the temple, some Jews from the providence of Asia Minor noticed Paul and shouted to arrest him because he is the man that preaches to, the, to, to disobey the Jewish laws. Paul is arrested for believing that Jesus is the Messiah. What I'd like to point out is that almost every time Paul is arrested and tried for the same crime, he always shares a story of how Jesus appeared to him and that Jesus commanded him to share the good news to everyone. To simply put it, he shared his personal testimony on how he, how he, how he came into faith, and then he always used scripture to point back that Jesus is, in fact, the Messiah. Does this sound familiar? So the Jewish leaders planned to kill Paul because they could not prove that he was guilty of any crimes, but the Roman officials kept Paul in prison because they feared a riot would happen. While in prison, the Lord appeared to Paul, and this is what he said in Acts chapter 23, verse 11. That night, the Lord appeared to Paul and said, Be encouraged, Paul. 
Just as you've been my witness to me here in Jerusalem, you will preach the good news in Rome as well. The Roman officials sent Paul to Caesarea so he can be tried there. Instead, he was left in prison for a few years. After a new governor was put in place, Paul was once again put on trial. Paul feared that the new governor would hand him over to the Jewish leaders, so Paul appealed to Caesar. Basically, what it means is when you are a Roman citizen and you appeal to, to Caesar, you will be sent to Caesar so he can decide your fate. In chapter 27, Paul is on a boat with other prisoners and is sent back to Rome. On the way to Rome, Paul's ship gets caught in a really bad storm, and everyone on the ship is in full panic mode except for Paul. Verse 21, no one had eaten for a long time. Finally, Paul called the crew together and said, men, you should have listened to me in the first place and not left crate. You will have avoided all this damage and loss, but take courage. None of you will lose your lives, even though the ship is will go down. For the last night, an angel of the Lord, of the God to whom I belong and whom I've served stood beside me, and he said, don't be afraid, Paul, for you will surely stand trial before Caesar. What's more, God in his goodness has granted safety to everyone selling with you. So take courage, for I believe God. It would be, it would be just as he said, but we will be shipwrecked on an island. The next day, as the ship starts to come apart, the commanding officer spared Paul's life by, by not killing him before jumping off the ship to swim to safety. You see, prisoners are killed any time the ship goes down because they don't want the prisoners to swim and escape. In this case, all the prisoners were spared. Now let's turn to chapter 28. This is where we're going to be on verse 1. Once we were safe on shore, we learned that, the, that we were on the island of Malta. The, the people of the island were very kind to us. It was cold and rainy, so they built a fire on the shore to welcome us. Paul gathered an armful of sticks and was laying them on the fire. A poisonous snake driven out by the heat bit him on the hand. The people of the island saw it hanging from his hand and said to each other, A murderer, no doubt. Though he escaped the sea, justice would not permit, permit him to live. But Paul shook off the snake into the fire and was unharmed. The people waited for him to swell up and suddenly drop dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw that he wasn't harmed, they changed their minds and decided he was a, he was a god. Near the shore where a land was in a state belonging to Populus, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. As it happened, Populus' father was very was ill with fever and dynasty. Paul went in and prayed for him, and laying his hands on him, he healed him. Then all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. As a result, we were showered with honors, and when the time came to sell, people supplied us with everything we would and we need for a trip. What I see is Paul and the crew ship were survived the shipwreck, and they made it to the island of Malta. When you guys read this passage, what jumps out at you? For most of us, we see the poisonous snake that bit Paul. Could you imagine having a casual conversation around the campfire and you see a person in front of you with a snake hanging? I'll be completely freaked out. Would you think that nothing would happen? Would you think nothing would happen to Paul? Nothing happened to Paul because God's protection, remember back in chapter 23, when Jesus appeared to Paul and told him he must go to Rome and preach the good news. 
What would make us think that Paul would be stopped by a poisonous snake? If the shipwreck didn't stop him, what would a poisonous snake do to him? You see, God performed a miracle to show his power in that moment to the people of Malta. I think a lot of times we get distracted by the miracle that we don't pay attention to the fruit of that miracle. We don't pay attention to the reason God performed the miracle in the first place. Let's look back at verse 7 through 10. Near the shore where we landed was an estate belonging to Publius, the chief official of the island. He welcomed us and treated us kindly for three days. As it happened, Populus' father was ill with fever and dynasty. Paul went in and prayed for him, and laying his hands on him, he healed him. Then all the other sick people on the island came and were healed. As a result, we were showered with honors, and the time came to sell. People supplied us with everything we need for the trip. The miracle opened the door for Populus, the chief official, to welcome Paul into his home and heal Populus' father, who was really sick. But was just that the was just that was the beginning. Verse nine, all the sick people came and were healed. Do you see the fruit of the miracle? Why didn't that jump out at us when we first read the passage? I think the reason why we overlook the fruit of God's miracle is we lose the focus of the mission that God has given us. What I see in the life of Paul is in his bitter season, like the shipwreck or when he is in prison, he is obedient to his command that Jesus has given him to share the gospel, baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and to make disciples. In Paul's beautiful season, he is still faithful to Jesus' command. The command from Jesus to Paul is the same command from Jesus to you. But Edgar, I'm not moving from place to place across the world to share Jesus with people. Why not? Maybe that's exactly what obedience is for you. But more than likely, obedience to Jesus as his church will be more likely to be obeying him in our regular, ordinary lives, in our day-in and day-out jobs, praising him both the beautiful and bitter season of our lives. And just so you think I'm not someone who gets up here to teach and doesn't have to wrestle with this in my own life, here I have a few scenarios where I personally made the choice to be the church in both beautiful and bitter seasons. Um, three years back, I got really sick. I caught COVID-19, and I was in the hospital um, for several days. I ended up having COVID pneumonia. My wife got the phone call that no spot wants to hear. The doctor said, there's nothing else we can do. That morning, I had my phone off, and I was just frustrated at the situation. I, put, I slammed my phone down on the bed, and then Waymaker came on by itself. Man, I was covered in tears. I started worshiping God. And I just remembered in that moment that eight months before that, God had healed me from cancer. I was diagnosed with stage four can- kidney cancer, and by the time they went to get the kidney, we only had, they only had the tumor. So later, my nurse came in, and she said, hey, your church is here. So she put me in a wheelchair. She put me to the, to the window, and we had our worship team and our pastors and our church family on top of the parking garage where I can see them and I can hear them on the phone, 
But I couldn't talk because I just, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I was maxed out on oxygen and everything. Well, they, paid, they, they played the song, uh, Sea of Victory, just like we played earlier. And my, my soul just caught on fire. I knew the Lord was going to heal me. And I just decided to go to bed like 8 o'clock, you know, in the afternoon. I was like, I'm going to bed early. I know the Lord's going to heal me. Well, exactly at 12 o'clock, I was dead asleep, and I, I sat up on my own, drenching sweat, and I went, <gasps> and I was healed. There was no more COVID pneumonia. The doctors thought I was crazy. Uh, the nurses thought I was crazy. But they made me run some tests, and the test proved that it was gone. It was a miracle. Um, and that was my bitter season. Now, just as God performed that miracle in on me, let me share the fruit that came from that miracle. After I was healed and I was still in the hospital because the doctors thought I lost my marbles, my morning nurse came in such a good spirit and as always was a, just a joy. Well, right before she left, she looked, she looked like something was wrong. I asked her if I could pray over her and she said yes. From the same hospital bed that I was in a better season, I held her hands and prayed over her. And I couldn't tell you what I prayed because the Holy Spirit took over. Full of tears, she said, you don't know how much I needed that. She left in tears and didn't see her again. What if I was in the hospital just so I can pray for that nurse? Or how about the nurses who ran the test to confirm my miracles? The nurse were in tears and they were all covered in goosebumps. Remember, in the midst of your bitter season, God can still use you just as he can in your beautiful season. What if Paul was shipwrecked on the island of Malta just so all the people can be healed and for Paul to share the good news so they, so they can be saved? What about you? Are there moments in your life like this where in the midst of living your life, you weren't able to be the church? A better question is, would you like to be there to, to be in those moments of your life where Jesus made known through your obedience? Do you trust Jesus as your Lord? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and our Savior? Are you willing to allow his commands to determine the course of your life over your feelings, comfort, and control? Finally, at the end of the chapter, Paul arrives to Rome. Paul has his own private lodging, but is still under Roman guard when he gathers the Jewish leaders in a large crowd. Turn to verse 23. So a time was set, and that day a large number of people came to Paul's lodging. He explained and testified about the kingdom of God and tried to persuade them about Jesus from the scriptures. Using the law of Moses and the books of the prophets, he spoke to them from morning until evening, some were persuaded by the things that he said, but others did not believe. And after they had argued back and forth among themselves, they left with this final word from Paul. The Holy Spirit was right when he said to your ancestors through Isaiah the prophet, go and say to this, to, to this people, when you hear what I say, you will not understand. When you see what I do, you will not comprehend. For the hearts of the people are hardened and their ears cannot hear and they have closed their eyes so their eyes cannot see and their ears cannot hear and their hearts cannot understand 
and they cannot turn to me and let me heal them. So I want you to know that the salvation from God has been offered to the Gentiles, and they will accept it. For the next two years, Paul lived in Rome at his own expense. He welcomed all who visited him, boldly proclaiming the kingdom of God and preaching about the Lord Jesus Christ, and no one tried to stop him. If the church is not a building, the church is the people of God who are the vessels of God that accomplishes the mission of God. Let me pose this question. Are we a church that runs Paul out of town because our hearts are hardened? Do we have the ears that cannot hear God, eyes that cannot see God, and hearts that cannot understand God? Just like Apostle Paul, we all have been commanded by Jesus Christ to make disciples. Matthew 28, verse 18 through 20. Jesus came and told his disciples, I've given all authority in heaven and on earth before. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The mission of the church, the mission for the church, for the entire church, young or old, male or female, in beautiful season or bitter seasons, we all have a specific vision on how we can make disciples as a church family. No worship, share, serve Jesus Christ. Why would or how could the Apostle Paul live his life like th this way, where in every scenario, whether it's a beautiful season, or a bitter season, he is preaching the gospel, healing, and baptizing people who have came to faith in Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Because Paul was commanded by Jesus Christ to go and make disciples, the exact, exact command to, that Jesus gave the Apostle Paul is the same command for us today. Church, um, I know that we all get into these ruts of everyday life or we just feel like they just go through the motions. And we forget the mission that God has given us to go and make disciples. There's so many people in our neighborhoods that are not saved. And if we are believers of Christ, your heart should break for them. You should not be going through your daily lives knowing that there's people who might not make it to heaven. I think about that all the time. My mission is to share Jesus, my story. I share this with a lot of people who can want to hear me because I know that's what God has given me. But guys, we all have that, we all have that in us. We all have a story how we came into faith. But it's up to you to make that decision. It's not, it's not, it's just not God, but we have to have participation from us. And as a church and as a church leader, man, I, I just hope that even through the examples of my life, I'm able to share and motivate you guys to go out and be the church. And if we're not the church, I mean, the, this world is lost. This world is lost. You've seen what's going on. You read the news. You see what's on social media. Man, the world is lost. The world needs people like us. He needs the church. He's given us the church. And he gave us a church so we can sit back and sit in our seats and watch from the couch. No, he gave us a church so we can be the church, so we can go out and proclaim his goodness, to share his faithfulness, and to everybody know the one and true King Jesus.
don't know about you guys, but this morning, I, as I was preparing this week, man, I, I, and I had to brag on two beautiful people, Lou and Karen. Um, we're going through a situation. One of our church members doesn't have placement of, of a home. And Lou and Karen are being the hands and feet, taking this lady to go grocery shopping, taking to go get something to eat, filling out the paperwork for the apartment. That's what the church is. That's what the church is, the hands and feet that, that moves God's hands. Not the people that sit back and then want to just hear about the miracles, want to hear about what God is doing. But we want to be those people who are, there the, who are participating in the miracles, who are actually doing God's work. That is the mission that God gave us. Thank you, Lou and Karen, for that. And I'm sorry I had to bring up your story, but, man, it just felt right. The Spirit moved me on that. Guys, let me just pray for us as I close out today. God, we are so thankful for your word that exposes what is good and teaches us what is right. Lord, I pray that you give us eyes to see you, ears to hear you, and a heart to understand you. God, I pray that you give our church the boldness to share, share you in your office, in our schools, in our homes, in our neighborhoods, and everywhere we go. Use us, Lord, to be the light in this dark world so, we may get the so you may get the glory, the glory and honor. We love you so much, and we pray all these things in Jesus' mighty and holy name. Amen.